it's JT, and I'm excited because I've just booked my flights and I'm coming to a city near you. I will be in Poland and Germany in July. Then I'll be in the UK and Scotland in August. Then I'll be making the trip over to the United States and Canada for September. If you would like a Bulletproof for BJJ seminar, contact us. Email jt at bulletproofforbjj.com and book your seminar today. Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I'm JT and I'm the funny one. I'm Joey and I'm the serious guy. That's how it goes around here, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, it's not true. It's not true at all. (laughs) But uh, today we're discussing something which is an interesting topic. BJJ belts and seniority is the hierarchy of belts, a thing of the past. The game's changed, people. No gi has revolutionized. The modern no gi game or new wave jiu-jitsu has changed jiu-jitsu culture. And I feel that this is coming up a bit more. That's what you think, bro. Right. I just fucking got here to black belt. The hierarchy still exists. I'm telling you, it doesn't I'm bringing matter. it back, mate. Whatever. People need to respect you, the strap around my you waist. You are too attached. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy who's like, you guys can attest to this. Before I got my black belt, every episode was like, uh, says the brown belt. Joey, I'm a black belt. Like <laughs> just reinforcing it every time. Yeah. Bitch, please. Anything I can have over this guy, you know, whatever. It's fine. You know how it is, guys. You've got an uppity sibling. They might be younger than you. Maybe they're your twin. It doesn't matter. But taller. You know, tiny little bit taller, possibly not as handsome, not as strong. And for whatever reason, people tend to like them more. Maybe they're just less edgy. You've got to keep it real. That's what it is. And so once you understand the dynamic, you'll feel me and you'll relate to me better. Otherwise, you can just keep liking Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, the hierarchy piece. Hierarchy, because it is interesting because I believe there is value in going into a martial art and even though they talk about this a bit, you might have someone who's a doctor or a lawyer, very high-level profession, but they're a white belt. Yeah. And you've got a guy who's a street sweeper. He's a brown belt. Yeah. In this environment, this guy or girl, for a lot of reasons, is – Superior, like in skills, experience, knowledge, everything. And for good reason. They've put the time in, they've done the work. Definitely. Yes. And and if you work hard, provided you're in a good situation, you you can get there. So it doesn't matter your financial background. So that's the that's the democratization of hard work within jujitsu. You know, being a lawyer is not open to everyone in society, but being a mat savage is. Yeah. Rich or poor. What I want to talk about here is that BJJ no gi and BJJ gi, it's split. It's changed. And you've got people out there like we were talking about J-Rod of B-Team, younger brother to A-Rod. He's a blue belt allegedly and he just won the ADCC trials. Younger it's, brother to Nicky Rod. Nicky Rod, sorry. and he's Is A-Rod a tennis player? No, A-Rod a- a- is a, a famous uh, baseball player <laughs> and now entrepreneur. Oh, right on. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, A-Rod. We, yeah, we appreciate you. So I think it's one of those things that you're seeing young guys come through in no-gi 
and just be like, what's a belt? You know, like it's disrespectful, it quite is. frankly. It I've is. fucking got a message for those kids. <laughs> so before we go into the, uh, the this new generation and how that is changing things, talk to me about the hierarchy. Tell me how does it play out? So, I, how, you know, why does it exist and, and what's good about it? I didn't fully understand. I mean, I coming from a traditional martial arts background, when I showed up to the training hall in Taekwondo, you had to bow on the way in. You had to bow and shake hands for – you had to bow to everyone senior to you. There's so much bowing. So you get really good posterior chain muscles, like good mornings. But basically, when I came to jiu-jitsu, it was so informal. Brazilian jiu-jitsu struck me as informal. But when I trained in Brazil, it wasn't. You did have to shake everyone's hand. And, you, you know, if a higher belt called you to roll, you, you do that. You can't call a higher belt to roll. Right. That was a real serious pro- thing. If a higher belt rolls into you and kicks your face off, you take it well and you move out the way because whatever the higher belt's doing is more important than whatever you're doing. Yeah. And, and wrongly or rightly, this is how it's structured. The rules of the hierarchy. Yeah, and so when you're lower on the totem pole, you don't like it. You're like, that sucks. Why do they get the special treatment? But then when you've committed 10 years of your life to something, you're like, well, maybe there's something to this. Yeah, I, I don't think you go that. This sucks. You're like... I can't wait till I'm there. That's <laughs> can't really can't wait till I'm the boss. Yeah, I can't wait till I can kick motherfuckers in the face and not be <laughs> reprimanded for it. That's I think that's kind of how it works, and that's Maybe. that's fine, right? Maybe because because it's it's aspirational. You're like, wow, I'm gonna I won't always be a scummy yeah. white belt. No, and respect and, to the white belts. <laughs> not at all. You are fodder. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're not a real person until you get a blue belt, really, and then you might retire. But we'll see. It's a war of attrition. We'll see how many of you stick around. But in truth, when you are a white belt, you think what you're doing is important. As part of the context of jiu-jitsu, you are important because one day you will be a black belt. But in that moment, you are not. You're just trying to get a part of this thing. And it's really important to realize that you, you're within a context. It's hard for you to impress your ego or your status on that situation because in this context, you are not important. And, and that's okay. That is part of the humility of jiu-jitsu and I think that's the thing that I've loved about jiu-jitsu is the level of humility that I've had to learn at least. It doesn't matter what I did before. I suck at this. i got to get better and that's cool. I, I have actually seen in other spheres of martial arts, striking particularly, way more, way more arrogance. Like, oh, yeah, but I teep that guy or, you know, I kick that guy in the head. Yeah, I'm better than him. No, no you're not really. You know, you've only done a thing for a short period of time. And I, I guess it's out of context, but if we think about the apprenticeships, back in the day, if you not even modern apprenticeships in a trade, if you wanted to be a sculptor or a builder, you had to apprentice under some master for years and years and years before you could kind of go out on your own. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's great value in that because there's so many nuanced things that you can learn. And generally, someone who's superior than you or higher on the totem pole will be more willing to show things to you if you're not a, you know a stuck up kind of i know it all type person and generally as far as learning goes people do better when they can be open and receptive to learning you know not like yeah i know what this is yeah yeah my brother does mma i i do ufc i know what's going on yeah that kind of thing yeah, so I guess there's like a there's a there's a there's an upside and a downside to anything, but very much so to the hierarchy piece, isn't there? Yeah, I think from that from that perspective of you walk out of society and into a training room, and the 
the way in which the hierarchy is measured has changed. Mm. I think that's very important. I remember listening to um, a movie director, Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. Who directed uh, Apocalypse Now. Yes. And uh, it was him talking about film sets and he's like, the film set is the last of the great hierarchies. Right. He said, it still exists in military. He said, and film sets. Right. And he's, you know, and he was talking about the benefits of it and just how it, it is simplistic in nature. It's top down. Everyone knows where they sit. Mm. That then means you know how to act. It's, it gives people structure. It's like um, there's no choices here. You, you do what white belts do. You do what, you know, the, you yeah. do what brown belts do, et cetera. And with those parameters, it gives people direction, makes things simple for them. They don't have to make decisions. That's yeah. right. They're being told what to do. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're the leader. Tell me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, which we don't necessarily have in life. Anyway, that that point can be debated. But, but I the, do. There's value in that. There is, and I and I think from yeah, in martial arts, like makes things simple. It makes it easy to control the training space. It makes it easy to direct the intention of the student because like, well, this is where you're at, so this is what you focus on. Definitely. Um. You know, you just keep grinding. You you should be you shouldn't be making those mistakes anymore, etc. Yeah. But then there's also that side of it which you could argue is like an abuse of it. Yeah. Uh, like, so there's a good side to like, hey, if a higher belt asks you to roll, you got to roll with them. Sure. There's a good side to that. There's some learnings. There's also a downside. Oh, yeah. It opens itself like very much. It's like any kind of inequality opens itself up to a potential abuse, doesn't it? And abuse of power has been the absolute, the, probably the biggest thing, probably not that it hasn't been going on for years, but in recent times, probably the last two years, we think about social media and what's going on. It's come to light. It's really come to light. That's right. About this, you know, and, and also this idea of black belt entitlement. Yeah. You know, just because you've got your black belt as much as you put in a lot of hard work, it doesn't give you an excuse to be a bad human. You know, you're not going to. No, that's right. You can't look at someone and go, you're a white belt, you're not important because that person still has value and they bring what they bring to the gym, which can be very valuable. And then also it's the idea that, Culture, if it's dictated at the top and does filter down, if you've got all douchebags at the top, are you just, you know, have you got an academy for douchebags, you know? or That's right. How does it go? Yeah, if they're dictating the culture, that's not cool. No. And I, I think if we, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is someone was saying to me the other day like, oh, belts aren't important, skills are, because you get people who maybe they're new to jiu-jitsu but – they're very athletic or they're a very quick learner or they've got a great strategy and they start smoking experienced, really good people. And then people start to go, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? And that's where I was going to talk about, you know, the, go the, there. the new move. The new move, the new wave, no gi jiu-jitsu. So you've got – look, I, I think I'm not big on this. You Obviously, it's good to acknowledge people's rank. But, for example, in 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu um, – they give belts, but they don't wear geese. Yeah. What? So they <laughs> give know, a belt at the, at the grading. You get awarded a belt. You wear it, you put it on. Yeah. And then you don't bring it to training again. Yeah, and then you go put it in the cupboard. Right, Sh- yeah. Sure, and I think it's good to acknowledge people's achievements, but it's like why wouldn't you just give them rashies? You know, like you know, you don't, you're never going to wear a belt. Yeah. And, and so I feel like that's a bit naff. But then there's, there's people out there who, you know, like J-Rod of B-Team – has come out as a blue belt. Now, 12-year-old blue belt. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, people are like, oh, he's only trained for a year and a half. That's bullshit. He's been wrestling his brother forever. His brother's a wrestler. He's wrestled. 
It's not like this guy just it's discovered like never grappling before. No, absolutely. This guy can grapple, and his older brother has probably beaten him up and bullied him forever. Yeah, it, you know he's had to deal with that his whole life. So even though officially he's only trained jujitsu a year and a half, he's been on the mats. You know he's been working his ass off. Yeah, and he trains with the best guys in the world. So to me, it's not surprising that he can come into a nogi tournament and do really well. But he's not just doing really well. He's beating black belts. Yeah. Like submitting he, them. He won the ADCC. Like I think he beat Tackett Jiu-Jitsu in the final. And he's he's one of the best in the world. Yeah. So you just go, whoa, my goodness. Young guys. Yeah, quite amazing. And, and women too. Like if we're looking at Tenth Planet as a system, combat Jiu-Jitsu, Nogi Jiu-Jitsu is popular. Yeah. And some of these new players in the game, are they're messing the game up. To give a bit of context for maybe those who are a bit newer to the jiu-jitsu game, the way that it, the way that it probably is at your academy, because sure. it's still like this in the majority of gyms. For most people. And the way that it's been since the beginning of my take of 14 years of jiu-jitsu was that uh, within the sport of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, we, do, we train both the gi and we do no gi. The first gym that I trained at, we would do gi for three quarters of the year and then in summer we would just do no gi. Because oh, nice. the summer New South Wales, the summer Australian Federation comps were no gi. Yeah. So I was like, we do, you know, whatever, nine months of that and then three months of that. And then, you know, now it's kind of morphed a bit where most academies will do, oh, we do a couple of no gi session on these days and then the rest of the days are gi. And there's probably a more of a bias towards the gi, generally speaking. Mm. Now, because of that, uh, it was always just considered that if you do jujitsu, you do both. Yes. And that's just how it is. And you got a gi and you got a belt and you do a bit of no gi as well. And I know, say, for Adam at Alliance, he's like, you know, I, he values it very highly. He's like, I won't grade you unless you train both with me. You can't just come to one or the other. Sure. Um, excellent. Strongly agree. What we've seen, though, in recent times has been this evolution of strict no gi gyms. Yeah. That go, you know what? We're not doing any gi stuff. We're just doing no gi. And this has given rise to an, an explosion of no gi jiu-jitsu technique new competitions, very exciting sport yep. to the point where it's now its own sport. Yeah. You know, you've got these no-gi comps. They're like, we don't care what belt you are, like toss yep. you in the fire. It gives an opportunity of a blue belt to be able to grapple against a black belt. But at the end of the day, they're kind of moved, like because that sport is now so specialized, it's almost moved away from the belt. The belts are relevant because that's from another sport. Yes. It's like I'm a no-gi guy and I, this is my skill set. No-gi submission grappling. Yeah. And when you look at what they're doing with the ADCC, every year they're trying to make it bigger and bigger and this year is by far the biggest in terms of how many people entered the selectives in uh, the States and how intense that was to get in. Fucking I, sick matches. Oh, amazing. Some Great. of the best a, matches you'll ever see. You can see a cool highlight on Flow. There's a, there's a Flow Grab did a highlight. You don't have to pay for it. No, but that but then also let's look at the rise of flow grappling, right? They are trying to be the ESPN of non-conventional sports. Yeah. And they've really, you know, it's they've got they cover everything, flow wrestling, flow grappling, flow judo. And, and the thing about it is this, back in the day, you would basically try to cultivate a game which applied gi and no gi. Yeah. But that that's just not how it is now. You can't get good enough. No. If you? you really aspire to be exceptionally good, you, you have to choose. Now, if you're like, oh, I do a bit of both and that's cool, no problem at all. But the interesting thing, and I, I think it probably speaks a little bit more to the 
personalities of people who are championing the way of the no gi if it if we're looking at guys like Gordon Ryan or Craig Jones or even Eddie Bravo himself these guys are kind of contrarian they're like yeah we're kind of against the system yeah you know even though Eddie's very proud to have been graded under the machados and always shows his lineage these guys don't care they don't want to pay dues to anyone really they're just like no we're good at this we do our thing and fuck whoever else you know and so there's a very kind of rebels of the underground type vibe that we you know we do grappling which is cooler than what those guys in the pajamas do and and look i mean i'm not saying that is the case i believe there is great value in both but it is challenging this mainstream idea of this seniority of the old guard bowing us you know the whole structure can't ask higher belts to roll mm. gotta say yes to a high all that stuff yeah it's, it's like bitch this is a no good class we're getting door, after we it. throw down this it's yeah just get after i don't it. I, I don't even give a fuck what belt you have yeah That's, can yeah. can can you like can you roll yeah are you good are you tough that's it it's not are we doing hill hooks yeah we're definitely doing you hill better hooks. believe yeah. it yeah <laughs> you just tap quickly yeah. okay within that and i can speak to this personally there's always like for the old guard it's always grinding this transition because you're like fuck I'm not ready for this. Yeah. I was used to the old system. Yeah. You're like, I don't I'm not ready to face that. And that's a that's a reality. It's like it's like, yeah, you you have to either adapt or, or you have to choose to sit out or, you know, stick to your own party. Like, yeah. I don't know if there's actually anyone that's like really truly defending it. Like, I don't know if there's anyone any jiu-jitsu proponents out there who are ta- who are hanging shit on no gi stuff. I think everyone loves it. Definitely people who are within more the traditional realm will say, "Oh, well we do self-defense." You know, this is the origins. Yeah. We're not doing that spinny on the ground nonsense like, no, we do real street defense BJJ. It's like, oh, look, yeah, okay, cool. you got to pick your niche, right? People still trying to make money off their, their heritage, their culture. I'm not hating on that. But there's plenty of like world star videos of some kid pulling, like some kids trying to punch him and stomp him and he pulls out a heel hook. Like, bro, you're wearing Jordans. You're definitely getting heel hooked. Yeah. You know, like some skinny dude's like, he's done a bit of jujitsu. He's done a bit of leg locks. Like, I think what we're seeing is some of these moves that were reserved, like within gi jujitsu for the longest time, foot locks were considered, oh, it's dirty. That was like a very Gracie dogma. Yeah. Because my first coach was under Kalinos Gracie. It's like, oh, we don't do foot locks. No. Nah. But interestingly enough, if you look at the lineages, like father, he taught the ghetto guys. He wasn't teaching the rich people in Rio. He was going to the favelas and he taught footlocks and they were really into it and they were really freaking good at them, you know. And so it's interesting. That's why footlocks were talked down upon. Yeah. Because of the preeminent sort of community there in Brazil. Yes. Right. Similar to the Japanese, Russian, like we're not attacking the legs anymore in judo. Yes. Yeah, right. That that kind of vibe. But it's, it's interesting to see the comeback because it's so effective, you know. And... Fuck, absolutely. Mate, it's, I guess what we're looking at now is if you've got a really keen blue belt who knows leg locks and you're a slightly older black belt and you don't know leg locks, you might have a career-ending injury right there. Yeah. And, and at the very least, you're probably going to have to tap a bunch of times in your role. Yeah. Like yeah, that's the reality. Whereas definitely. in the gi, maybe you could just smash them up and no heel hooks allowed and yeah. you've got a superior grip game and that whole thing. But – yeah, I mean, I fucking speak to that. There's guys, you know, there's there's blue belts, there's white belts at Alliance that um, 
putting those put me in some fucking precarious positions. And I'm like, holy shit, I don't know what you're doing right now. Yeah. You know, and, it's, and he's like, oh, well, I've been, you know, studying the DVD for the last six months. And you're like, amazing. Yeah. That's the evolution. Either I go, man, teach me how that works. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever, I buy the DVD or I go find out. Sure. Or I go, nah, fuck that. I'm not rolling with that guy. And I try to defend my kind of like current status. Yeah. It's position. like that's sort of that point I was making before where it's like a refusal to evolve. And I think the way we can look at that is maybe more traditional martial arts. I had a text conversation with a very famous high-level karate guy. I think he was trying to recruit me to be a part of his organization or something. I was like, oh, man. Wonder boy. Yeah, it was weird. (laughs) It was cool, like whatever. And I was like, nah, I'm more of a grappler. You know, I spent a long time kicking and punching, but I'm not interested in that. I want to – I love grappling. He's like, oh, I'd have no idea about that. Like I'd just – if I was on the ground, I'd be stuffed. And it – it's confronting if you've done something for 20 or 30 years and you think you're pretty handy and then well, what happens when you fall over on the ground? You should learn some of that stuff. In the same way, if you're out there, you're hearing this and, and you have no idea about leg locks, for your own safety, it's worthwhile to just understand, you know, here's how it attacks, here's how you defend, just, just to expand the knowledge. So if some, you know, frothy bloody, you know, Anthony – Golfkin <laughs> just <laughs> throws you in saddle and starts like heel hooking you. Your knee doesn't explode. Shit. You know how to defend. And, and, and the coach is watching. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to tap. Yeah. But, it, but let's think about it. I'm sure there's plenty and this is where we talk about this old school, new school thing. There's plenty of people out there who are like, oh, heel hooks aren't new. Heel hooks have been around for a while. But that's, that's not how I play. That's not my game. I think the interesting thing about what we're looking at here is that if someone is an amazing grappler, does the belt matter? That is more the discussion. It's not do you like leg locks or not. It's like someone's got a game that's messing you up. So on a competitive level, this person's tapping you because they have knowledge that you haven't touched on. Yeah. Now, if you've got you – know, Or they've exposed a, a hole in, in your game. In your knowledge. Can, yeah. Exploiting. Exploiting. So then is it just because someone's competitively good, does that mean they're better than you? It doesn't mean that they outrank you, but I believe that what a lot of the new school guys are challenging is this idea that you have to do something for 10 years, you have to pay all this money, you have to go through this process when they feel they may have shortcut that system of efficiency. Yeah. That they are winning championships, beating people, with a different way to approach learning and training. Yes. So this is the idea is that it's kind of an evolution on what grappling is. And it's kind of similar to like if you look at Tia Claire in CrossFit. Sure. And she – I don't know what she did but I think she was a CrossFitter. Well, she was – And then she got real good at weightlifting. No, no, she she was an Olympic lifter before CrossFit. Was she? Yeah, 100%. You better believe it. Because she I'm, was com. She went to the com games. Yeah, but I thought that came after CrossFit. No, she, like she did mid. do it. After, she did do it after CrossFit. Yeah, right. But, but she had been weightlifting prior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's so say that right. So she's like elite in this sport, and then also elite in this sport. Yeah. But then she also qualified for the is it bobsled? Team? She's doing bobsled now. Yeah, yeah. She's doing bobsled team. Well, and so you're like. And, you know, so she's like on the Olympics. She's a she, mega athlete. Yeah. And that's – and it's like, okay, well, the thing that she did before gave her some capacity for the next thing that she did. Yes. And that gave some capacity for the next thing. 
And it's like you got to respect that. And if, but if you look at it in isolation, you're like, well, she became a, an Olympic level bobsledder with only six months of training. You're like, well, yeah, but she was also <laughs> she was also the best of, in the world, across. the fittest woman in the world, one yeah. of the strongest women in the world as well. Like that's right. Yeah. So say with that example of like looking at someone like a J-Rod, you're like, okay, let's say this kid's been training for a year and a half. You're like, has he actually just like, has he come in fresh, no physical work? Hey, I want to learn about this sport and it's been a year and a half. Or are there some other clues, some other things in the past that have, you know, built this ability right now? Yeah. Second point on that, and this is just discussion points. This is not criticizing like his success at all no i think it's incredibly fucking exciting no what they're doing is what what they do at the b team is for sure the next step evolution on new wave jiu-jitsu absolutely but the other side of that is that jiu-jitsu being such a at that top level being so reliant on on having well actually challenge me on this i could be wrong sure but here's my here's my thought and i say i could be wrong because i'm thinking about maybe how J-Rod won his matches and perhaps this isn't the case. But I think Keenan's touched on this. It's like you need to develop a unique skill set in jiu-jitsu that will allow you to beat everyone. But by the time you've been through that competition and everyone's seen your skill set, yeah. you now need to go and develop a but new skill set. That's what happened to him. Because technically it evolves yeah. so fast. Every but time. What's he doing? Oh, he's fucking attacking, attacking the hill like this. or what? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right, yeah. So then it becomes like an arms race. For, well, who's got the flash system right now? Who's got the new thing? Yeah, and, and sometimes it doesn't take you long to learn that new system. It's a, it's a timing piece and I was in the right place, right time, and I was able to employ it against my opponents. Definitely. Versus do you have a total understanding, well-rounded approach, understanding of the culture, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I, I believe for those people out there who are hard charging and just trying to be the best and it doesn't matter, like get to the top quickest – being able to look at Nogi, it's a quicker path. Like if you, you know, it is less technical to do Nogi in terms of that you don't have to defend as many things. Yeah. You don't have as many options to attack. So you just need to get really good at particular things. Yeah. You got to deal with so much more bullshit in the game. That's what it comes 75 down to. 75 different fucking guards. Uh, but the friction. Fast for every single everything. one of them. Yep. And that's why it's so um, appetizing to new people. Like, oh, I don't have this friction. I can move. Yeah. I don't need to be as technical. Yeah, the playing field is leveled very quickly in no game. Yeah, especially if you come in and you, you do have a background in physical sports, whether it be football or wrestling or powerlifting, anything. You're like, well, I don't have anything to be controlled by. I'm stomping these people, you know, and, and, and that does matter. I think what is, and you, you, you used this word before and it is a great word. You said, you know, oftentimes it's conflated. This is where people bring two things together that are not related and say that it is. So really people are looking at no gi and kind of new wave jujitsu leg lock. When we say new wave, we're not actually referring to Danaher's no, Sorry, new I'm team. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because they called that new wave, didn't they? they? Are called, we're yes. talking about the next generation. We're talking about the this, new generation. This, this current uh, iteration, which is submission wrestling based, um, no gi submission wrestling. And, and it's awesome. It's spectacular. It's so cool. It is way more exciting than gi jiu-jitsu. Yeah, pe- people I'll going buy to buy a ticket to that shit any day of the week. Yeah, like I've, I've been to world championships and seen two of the greatest players of all time 
stall each other out for advantages. Oh, wow. You're like, God, really? You're going to win on an advantage? Who was that? Uh, it was Cobrinha and uh, Huffa Mendes wow. back in the day. It was a very close final. Yeah. I think Huffa might have won by two advantages or two points. It was very close. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a time at which Huffa did humbug Cobrinha and he kind of t- t- ran away. But even like Bruno Malfasini versus one of the Meow brothers, it, was by an ad- it wasn't even an advantage. It was even but they – advantage for advantage and then they just gave a decision to Bruno because he went mental. Right. You know, and it's yeah. – it's, <laughs> you're thinking to yourself, man, you work your whole life and that's the epitome of what it is. Whereas maybe you, you're watching Cyborg versus um, uh, Nicky Rod and you're like, whoa. Yeah. You've just got this real athletic young guy just – cartwheeling, jumping, and you've got a guy who is an ADCC absolute champion. Yeah. And he loses. Fuck. What's going on there? Yeah. Like what's that about? Is it just sheer athleticism or are they doing something different? And I feel that the pushback more recently has been that there have been some revelations about hierarchical abuse of power and people being like, man, these black belts are just protecting themselves and each other and – that's not fair and that's, you know, it's like big, it's like big companies protecting their own and committing yeah. atrocities and getting away with it. And then you've just got the new crew coming through. The disruptors. Saying, Forget that. Yeah. And then doing amazing stuff and maybe refreshing the game and questioning do you need to spend 10 years getting a belt or can you just be really good, really young and, and mess the game up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's. I mean, it's a fucking wonderful thing. And one credit to Gordon Ryan is that he calls that out a lot. Like he challenges that. He's like, "Fuck these old guys!" Like sure. they're all trying to use the same game that they've used for the last ten years and just sit on top of just the, milk it. Yeah, stay on the podium kind of thing. And you know, I mean, he was probably unfortunately. I don't like his views on many other things. No, but I like the way he disrupted that game. And you could almost say he was kind of. He's one of the first dudes to really punch through on the no-gi thing and be like, I'm fucking taking over here. Yes. And that's now – now there's these other people following, yep. you know, which is kind of similar to, you know, Conor McGregor. Sure. You know, and, and some of the people that have followed him in that model through the UFC. Again, not someone whose values I agree with yeah. wholeheartedly. And I think this is the difficulty because I believe there is huge value in putting on the gi, lining up, not the bowing thing, or but just – going through the process of a structure because so much of our life is chaotic and a lot of the power distribution is not earned. You know, like, oh, the boss's son is now the manager yeah, and they're a terrible manager yeah, and they're always late and they're not particularly friendly or professional or anything and you're, you're a hardworking lady in your mid-30s and you know you could run that shit better. So why the fuck is the boss's son the manager? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Whereas at jiu-jitsu, you got that purple belt, you got that brown belt, that was earned. <laughs> like, you know, you, you, I think earlier in the piece, I think actually back in the day, it may have changed now. You used to be able to get a blue belt online. Gracie University. Yeah, yeah. man. They don't do it now, but do they not? Hard. Really? It's terrible. That was quite special. That was terrible. I don't call that out all day. You can make all the backpack jackets you want. That's some bullshit. Backpack but uh, <laughs> did you see that on yeah, Shark Tank? Yeah, yeah. Whatever, man. Like they're good business guys, but whatever. That's nonsense. 
So I personally believe that if you've never done martial arts, it is worthwhile to go through a process of being in a more structured environment. But when we look at the new paradigm, which is the just train a certain way, get good very quickly and be ultra competitive, the question is, does that trump? Or is it like horses for courses? If you're a you know, young athletic human, male or female, and you're like, I'm just chasing this thing and I don't care about belts, I just want to be a sick grappler, is that the option? Because there are plenty of examples of guys and girls who are exceptionally good in the gi and also in the no gi. Yeah, that's right. You would say that they are the exceptional individuals that can, that can still hang in both. Yeah. And it can be done. It can be done. But the big prediction for me would be that five years from now? No. Won't be, right? Even now it's you, – you, There's only a few. Very few. Yeah. And it's really what I'm wondering if – and I had a conversation with an uh, old coach of mine, uh, Dan Cherubin, saying he feels it will swing back the other way, that the gi will start to get popular again because there is more creativity and more options for techniques there. So once the gi game evolves to the next level, whatever that next step is, then it will start to get a bit more exciting. And we've even seen, you know, now the IBJJF is allowing reaping and heel hooks. Ah, uh, really? Yeah, in, 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 in no gi. No gi, yeah. Right? So yeah, that, they're adapting. So they, they were losing massive market share. Yeah. Because before they were dominating. Yeah. Then grappling industries came and Naga. And they're like all these other comps come. And they're not making as much money and they, they have this strict rule set. Whereas grappling industry is like, we don't care. <laughs> Do we want? Blue belt, heel hook each other. Kill each other. Good times. Yeah. And people are going there. So then it's like, okay, they're like, oh, man, we've got to include it. So now you've got all these heel hookers coming in <laughs> and then the guys who didn't keep up with the modern game are getting usurped. They're getting thrown off the throne. So I, I think – if we can look at it, uh, me personally, I feel like if you've just started jujitsu, I wouldn't just throw it all out the door. I, I do think there is a fair bit to learning in the gi. Value. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of the gi. I, I like the – I think that the more formal side that, that can come with that, like the ceremonial aspect of putting on this uniform and training and that, like I, I think that that can't be uh, overstated. Mm. As, as just a benefit of training jiu-jitsu, you obviously get a small amount of that with no gi, but it's much less yeah. because well, it is just more of a, hey, we're here, we're, we're kind of, you know. Yeah. Like the, the hierarchy the, the hierarchy thing kind of doesn't exist and it's just, uh, I don't know, it's a more athletic endeavour. It is. And I, I think of it kind of like styles of music. I think of the gi kind of like classical music or a more formal instrumental, like, uh, like learning an instrument. Because when you put on the gi, it's connecting you to thousands of years of martial arts history. Like that's the kind of material that the samurais wore under their armour. You know, like that's how I like to think of it. I'm like this is connecting me to the past. This is a cool thing that we're doing now. But then I think of no gi kind of like punk music. Like it's kind of, you know, <laughs> like it's just alternative. Counterculture. It's counterculture. Yeah. Maybe you're good at your instrument. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're singing. Maybe you're screaming. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Matter. I'm going to eat this glass bottle on stage. Yeah. I, I got piercings. I'm cool. And, um, you know, that's, I think that, that's. <laughs> you hear been, that, Eddie Bravo? <laughs> <laughs> that's been the appeal, you know, the new world order of 10th yeah. planet. But now it's even bigger than that. And it's much lighter on the laundry load. <laughs> just rocking the light. Fucking, that's absolutely true. Yes, indeed. Um, thank you, guys. 
if you want some help with your training, you know that we got you. Bulletproof for BJJ.com. Go there. You can sign up for a free trial of our program. And in there, you will find all sorts of solutions for building a strong, athletic, and flexible body for jiu-jitsu. Uh, if you use the code BJJ Podcast, you'll get 20% off. And if you're not interested in doing our program, but you still want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. We would really appreciate any support you're willing to give. Um, and look, as always, if you've got suggestions for the show or anything you want to send through to us, hit us up, JT at bulletproofforbjj.com. He's the man that runs the, the podcast piece. So send through ideas or feedback and we'll take that on board because we love to hear uh, what you guys want to hear more or less of. Thank you. Thanks, fam. Cheers, bruh. See you next week.